I want us to go to Hebrews chapter 10. And today, my goal is to get to where I was hoping to get to all these other services, but it just kept on flowing and going to somewhere else. Hallelujah. Hebrews 10, 23 says, Let us hold fast the confession of our faith, the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. For he who promised is faithful. We've got to remind ourselves of his faithfulness. That helps us to hold fast to the confession of faith that we've been making. Amen. Amen. And so what I want to do this morning is I'm going to lead you in a confession of faith based upon our giving and our tithing. Amen. Amen. Now, when I have you repeat this with me, again, I don't want you to parrot it like a parrot. You know, a parrot doesn't really understand. He doesn't really understand. He doesn't understand what he's saying. He's just making the sound, same sounds as whoever is making. But we are making words from our mouths, and we mean what we say. Amen. Amen. Faith-filled words bring results. And I am convinced right now, as we speak this out in faith, as we take up our offerings, uh, does anybody need an offering envelope? I, did I already ask you that? Everybody got one? Well, let's hold it up, and let's make this confession together. Say, Lord, Lord. we are doing this by faith. And in obedience to your word, we bring our tithe as an act of worship to you, knowing that as we do, you are opening the windows of heaven for my family and me, for this church family, for this church. You are pouring out upon us financial and material blessings until we overflow with abundance you have also promised to rebuke the devourer for us you will protect the source of our income and as we give our offerings this day to help support celebration of life church and its many outreaches we know that you will stop the thief from stealing from us He will not destroy the fruit of our righteous labors. We will receive, we will receive, we will receive a fruitful harvest because we are the blessed of the Lord. We are blessed to be a blessing. So we thank you, Father, for making it possible for us to be a part of your work. We're helping to spread the gospel so that people can be saved and so that the body of Christ can be built up. We are giving in faith and in obedience to your word, fully expecting that you shall massively supply all our needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus, in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. Ooh, glory to God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Miss Maddie, are you ready to take those kitties, kid lows, big kids, second graders? <laughs> See you, buddy. You got your lion? You didn't bring your lion? 
He didn't want to. You brought what? Awesome, man. I wish I could bring stuff like that to church. See you later. Bye. <laughs> Praise the Lord. How many are ready for the word this morning? Amen. Amen. I am excited because you want to know why? Because this is the word of God. This is God speaking to us. I'm not up here to further my plans or any other man's plans. We're up here to fulfill God's plans. Aren't you glad he's given us his word? Praise his holy name. Well, I want to continue this morning the message we've begun titled, According to Your Faith. And we've seen in uh, uh, different gospel accounts how Jesus focused in on the faith of those who came to him to be healed. And he made such statements as, according to your faith, let it be to you. According to your faith, let it be to you. Amen. He said all things, all yeah, all things are possible to those who believe. Right. And he said your faith, your faith, your faith has made you well. Jesus made these declarations, and if Jesus said it, how many know that settles it? Don't try to make this say something that it doesn't. Don't try to reason it away. Instead of that, just say, I'm going to take you at your word, Lord. You said it. You said it. You said it. I'm going to choose to believe it. I do choose to believe it. I believe that it's going to be to me according to my faith. I believe all things are possible to those who believe. I believe that my faith can make me whole. My faith can make me free. My faith can make me victorious. My faith can get me, uh, enable me to overcome in this world. Glory to God. My faith. Glory to God. Do you believe that learning about faith and how it comes... And, and, and how it works is important for us as Christians. <laughs> big time. I said big time. It's come to my attention that I, your pastor, preach too much on faith. <laughs> Let me just answer that by asking you a few questions. How do we get born again? Oh. How do you receive the blessings of the Lord, the promises of God? Could you say it? I couldn't hear you. By faith. faith. How do we overcome? What this world throws at you. How do you overcome those things? By faith. faith. (laughs) How do you please your heavenly father? Now, I don't know about you, but it sure seems to me with my simple mind That if I'm going to please my God, if I'm going to receive from my God, if I'm going to be able to get born again, all because of my faith, then I think it's an important topic to be on. Amen. Plus, now get this, plus, if this is the direction that God has got me flowing in, then that's the direction we're going to be going in. See, I don't listen to, I mean, please understand how I'm saying this. 
people ever have questions other than something that has to do with something else, come to me. I'll be glad to sit down and talk to you. But my heart is not to please man. My heart is to please him. And I got to believe that he is going to lead me in the direction that he wants this church to go in. And when he spoke to my heart to go back and listen to that message on faith, I knew right then that that was the direction God was having me to go in. And the more I'm coming to study this, the more I'm coming to understand the importance of us living by faith. In fact, I wrote this scripture down. You don't have it. Luke 18, 8. It says, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith in the earth? When the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith in the earth? In other words, it seems to me that when he comes, there's not going to be not many people operating in faith, living by faith. I'm going to be one of the ones who, who is living by faith. See, I'm expecting to receive all that God has for me. And I'm expecting to accomplish all that he's called me to do. And the only way that's going to happen is by faith, with my faith, the faith that comes from his word. Amen. I've got to be willing to do whatever it takes to build my faith up. Do you know that yesterday's faith came from hearing yesterday? Today's faith should come by hearing today. That's why a lot of Christians miss it. They think, us, we, 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 they think we are kind of crazy for going around and confessing the word constantly. On a daily basis, you make confessions every day? What's wrong with you? I want to live successfully. I want to live victoriously. I want to bless my heavenly father. I want to please him. I want, when I get to heaven and stand before my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I don't want him looking at me and say, why didn't you do this? I called you to do this. You were supposed to go do that. You were supposed to believe me for this. I want to stand before him and he looks at me and smiles real big and says, thank you. Thank you. So we, we're not going to be able to play that video, are we? Okay, that's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll share it right now. Uh, I think I shared this with you uh, recently about uh, a video from The Chosen. When the woman with the issue of blood pressed through the crowd to just so she could touch the hem of Jesus' garment. And when she's going through there and she, you know, gets to Jesus, she falls down, touches the hem of his garment. And it was like Jesus is walking, doesn't even, she's behind him. She doesn't even know he's, I mean, he doesn't even know she's there. But the moment she touches the hem of his garment, the power of God went out of him. And in the show, what I like so much, all of a sudden he says, he knew something just happened. The Bible tells us he knew the power of God went out of him. And this woman knew something happened too. As she's sitting on the ground there, she knew she was healed. She knew she got healed. She got what she came for. How did she get what she came for with her faith? And Jesus came and once he, he knew it was her. Who touched me? And he looked down and he saw her and he goes, who touched me? For the power of God flowed, you know, flowed out of me. And he looked down and he smiled and she said, it was me, Lord. I'm the one that touched you. And, and she goes, I'm sorry. All I touched was just the hem of your garment, just a little bit. And Jesus knelt down right beside her, looking her right in the eye. She was saying, thank you, Lord. 
And he looked at her and says, thank you. Thank you for your faith. It pleases him. It pleases him. For all he's done for you and me, should we not want to do what pleases him? I want to be that man of God. I want to be a man of faith. I want to be somebody that whatever it is God's calling me to do, I don't care how big it is. I don't care how complex it is. I don't care it looks so impossible. I just want to smile real big and say, okay, God, you said, you said all things, all things are possible to those who believe. All things, all things are possible to those who believe. All I'm called to do is believe. Then he gets to working on my behalf. I mean, can you imagine? Could, oh, hallelujah. Jesus seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven. And God the Father looks down at you when you step out in faith and kind of elbows Jesus. He got it. He's got it. He's, he just stepped out in faith. He trusts me. He knows I'm going to be found faithful in his life like I always have been and I always will be. There is something about Christians who are in face, when faced with impossibilities, don't begin to cry, don't begin to murmur, don't begin to grumble, don't begin to complain, but instead begin to smile. Here's another opportunity, Lord. Here's another opportunity, Lord, for you to demonstrate to this world that you are faithful. That you are good. Glory to God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Well, that was all for free. Amen. Amen. And yet, stinking thinking. <laughs> stinking religion, I should say. Yeah. Stinking religion has changed all that. Instead of emphasizing the individual's faith, when it comes to receiving from God, they emphasize, if it be thy will. They will tell you it may be his will and it may not be. You just never know what he's going to do. It's all up to him. What in a slap in the face of God. Friends, not only is that kind of mentality unscriptural, it's blasphemous. It's doubting his integrity. It's doubting his faithfulness. Oh, he might answer your prayer and he may not. He may heal your body and he may not. You just never know. There may not be a bigger insult than to look up into the face of Almighty God, the one who cannot fail, the one who cannot lie, the one who is always faithful, the one who has given us his word, the one who has revealed to us his will, and tell him, you just never know what he's going to do. Why do you think this is so prevalent in the church today? Because we have an enemy who don't want us Christians knowing about this. Because see, when believers come to understand that it is with our faith 
that we received from God and we accomplished all he's called us to do, the devil knows that there will be a bunch of living billboards walking around demonstrating God's goodness, God's mercy, God's love, and God's power. And obviously he doesn't want that. Why? Because people then want what we have. Are you listening? It won't be just mere words that they're hearing. No, they're going to see us living it out and experiencing what we're preaching. And it will be a result of us living by faith. Oh, my goodness. What did Jesus emphasize over and over and over again? He emphasized faith. According to your faith, let it be to you. All things are possible to him who believes. Your faith has made you well. He emphasized the faith of those people. And again, I need to say this again. These people who came to Jesus were not people who had spent years and years and years studying the Bible. The Bible wasn't even around at that time. The only thing that was around at that time was the Old Testament. Are you listening? And yes, the Old Testament pointed to Jesus coming. But now Jesus is before them. And all it took, let's go back to the woman with the issue of blood. All it took was hear, hearing, hearing, hearing that Jesus was going about healing. Healing the sick. That those who came to Jesus to be healed, now get this, left healed. And when she acted on that faith, did she get what she came for? You know, again, I was rereading my Bible, you know, been reading my Bible, but I was reading this particular part of the Bible. At the end of the Gospel of John, in fact, real quickly, let me just look at that and show it, read it to you. The last verse of the Gospel of John, chapter 21, verse 25. And there are also many other things that Jesus did. Now get this. Which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. What does that mean? There is, what that means is that there are a whole bunch of other things that Jesus did that aren't in this book. Are you listening? Which means what? The things that have been placed in this book were handpicked by the Holy Spirit to be in this book. Why? For our benefit. To demonstrate to us this is the will of God. This is how I would react when you come to me and you say, I know you're able to do this, Lord, but I don't know if you're willing to do this, Lord. And what did Jesus do? Stretched forth his hand, touched him, and says, I am willing. There's the will of God right there. The unchanging will of God for all men for all time. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Whoo! Do you see the importance of reading your Bibles? Do you see the importance of continuing in the word of God day and night? Speaking the word out of your mouth day and night. And if it, again, I mean, again, I have 13 pages of confessions, personal confessions, based upon the word of God. And it's literally like, it's almost like, I mean, it's not like, it is a form of prayer for me. Because the first 
page and a half. It's just me talking to the Father God and thanking him for being my God. Talking to him and thanking him for Jesus and all that Jesus means to me. Thanking him for the Holy Spirit and all the Holy Spirit means to me. Thanking him for his word. Thanking him for the blood. Amen. Do you see, though, how when you do that, I saw, I walked in, John, I'll tell off on him. What was, he was just sitting there, had his confessional book open, going over it. It's important you catch this. In order for you to succeed and fulfill destiny, you have to be someone who's full of the word of God. It has to be something you desire. If you have issues with reading your Bible, you know what you need to learn to do? Say, Father God, give me that hunger for it. Show me. Reveal it to me. Why, show me why I need to know that word. Show me some things I've never seen before when I'm reading the word. I do that all the time. I've shared that with you before. God, show me. I want to know something new today. Help me to see something I've never seen before. Even though I've read this particular set of scriptures many times. And I want you to know God is faithful. God will show you and reveal to you things that you may have never seen before. And it will rock your world. If it does for you what it does for me, I get excited. I get thrilled. Because see, when new revelation is coming, faith is coming. Faith is coming. Getting stirred up down in here. So do you believe God will answer that question for you? Father, will you open the Bible up to me today? Holy Spirit, teach me as I enter it. I ask you to bring revelation knowledge to me. Strengthen my heart with it. Renew my mind with it. Hallelujah. God is so good. Amen. Go with me now to Mark 16. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Praise you, Jesus. Mark 16. I want you to pay special attention to how Jesus deals with his disciples shortly after he was raised from the dead. Please pay attention to this. I think it will bless you. Mark 16, verse 9. Now, when he, speaking of Jesus, rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he cast seven demons. She went out and told those who had been with him, in other words, the disciples, as they mourned and wept. And when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, notice they did not believe. After that, he appeared in another form to two of them as they walked and went into the country. Verse 13, and they went and told it to the rest of his disciples, but they did not believe them either. Now notice verse 14. Later, he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table and notice he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. So what I want you to see from this set of scriptures is something I've been sharing with you lately a lot. Faith is a choice. I know I've shared that with you before, but I believe it's so clearly brought out here. You can choose to believe or you can choose not to believe. Here in this account, the disciples, having been told by Mary Magdalene and the two others that they had seen Jesus alive, chose not to believe them. 
even though Jesus had told his disciples in many occurrences in the Bible that he was going to be raised from the dead. Are you listening? Now, it's important to understand something here. This will help you greatly in your walk of faith. Many times, what God speaks to our hearts will not make sense to our heads. That's why the Bible tells us in Proverbs 3, 5, to trust in the Lord with all your heart and to lean not to your own understanding. For example, here in this case, after seeing Jesus crucified and seeing his dead body taken from the cross and seeing his dead body placed in a tomb, to have these three people come along and tell them that Jesus is alive, come on. How could that possibly be? even though Jesus had told them he was going to be raised up. Nothing like that had ever happened before. So they chose not to believe what they were being told. And how does Jesus respond to their unbelief and hardness of heart? Does he console them and tell them it's okay to not believe because it's just too hard to do so? No, he rebukes them. Everybody say, he rebukes them. He rebukes them for their unbelief, which means to me, whatever God has said in his word or whatever God speaks to our hearts, no matter how much it doesn't compute up here in our heads, as far as I'm concerned, I'm going to choose to believe it. I'm going to believe him. I'm going to step out in faith based upon what he's spoken to my heart. How about you? Because I know that's how I please him. I said, that's how I please him. That's how I receive from him. How many want to be rebuked by the Lord? How many want those pools of love to turn into fire coming out of his eyes because of your unbelief? Because the hardness of your heart. The thing is so awesome about this, and I want you to hear this. If you will simply begin to live your life this way, whatever God says, whatever God speaks to me, whatever he says to me, whatever he speaks to my heart through his word, or by his spirit, I'm going to choose to believe that no matter what, period. If he said it, that settles it. Now, I choose to believe it. See, I could choose not to believe it. I mean, notice, I mean, that's true. But my God has never failed me yet, and he never will. My God has always come through for me when I've stepped out on his word. I shared this with you before. Sometimes it doesn't happen as quickly as I would have liked it to happen. But the bottom line, it always comes to pass. It is sometimes very challenging. Regarding how I'm saying this. Hallelujah. Sometimes, as a pastor, you're faced with certain things that you guys would really have no idea about. And I'm not saying it in a negative, condemning way towards you. But we have been mandated from Almighty God to start this church and to see this church grow, to see us reaching more for Jesus Christ, to see those who are part of this church growing up, maturing, 
in Christ. Becoming people who are people of faith, who live by faith. And a lot of times what ends up happening, and I'm convinced of this, is people will leave this church, and they won't necessarily say it this way, but I know it's partially true. I know without a shadow of a doubt. Many people don't like to come to a church that brings forth the word of God that's going to make them make a choice. Did you hear how I just said that? People like to go to church and have their, their back stroked. So those little, you know, make me feel good type of messages. I've said this to you before. It's not anything new. But the thing is, what's going to change your life? I'd rather have my toes stomped on but my life changed. Then have my emotions feel good for a moment. But when I leave, all of a sudden it comes barreling back on me. And I still don't have an answer to get through it, to get over it, to get past it. Are you hearing me? So what should I do as a minister of the gospel when I'm challenged with these things? You know, <laughs> I have said... One of the roles of a pastor is to be a leader, to demonstrate to those who are a part of the flock how to live a life of faith, how to live a life of victory and success, how to operate in the love of God and so forth. And um, what the enemy loves to come and demonstrate, or demonstrate, comes and hits me with are thoughts of, you are not a very good leader. Because if you were a better leader, things wouldn't be the way they are right now. Why are not more people getting excited about the things of God why, in your church? Why are, why are we not seeing the, the, uh, uh, the, just the overflow? The amount of preachers, even if it was just one, it was more than one, who have seen this church, come to this church, cannot believe where we're at in this church. And I am not tooting my horn. I humble myself because I'm nothing without him. They think our praise and worship is awesome. They think the way we do things in here is awesome. They think the word that's being preached is awesome. And they, they're dumbfounded. And so I, as the pastor, hear that. And for a moment, it encourages me. But then here comes the devil. There's got to be a reason. There's got to be a reason. And... <laughs> Well, you got to guard yourself. Because I like to say some things, but. Hmm. Just know this, guys. We love you very much. I can't express that enough to you. We would do anything for you. But we will always, 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 if we counsel you, if anybody's ever been counseled by us, we'll take you to the Bible. What does the Bible say? Because, see, I can't change you. My wife can't change you. Nobody else can change you except for God. And God has given us his word, and if we will follow his word and do what he says to do in his word, our lives will change for the better. Guaranteed. Hallelujah. I was not planning on getting off on this. My wife and I, and I'm, please, I am not sharing this to make you feel sorry for me. I don't want you to feel sorry for me. I have chosen to be the pastor of this church. I received a call from him. Don't get me wrong. 
But we have sat together recently sh talking to one another and just crying because we don't understand. That's one of those times where we get to practice Proverbs 3, 5. Trust you, Lord. I don't understand, but I trust you, Lord. And we're just, we, we, you know, what, what do we do? Do we get a, I'm not saying, you got to hear this. I'm not saying that from the perspective of us getting over into the mully grubs and woe is us. I'm saying it from the perspective of what we do then is we encourage each other. We begin to speak life to one another. Speak faith to one another. Are you listening? So if you ever think you should pray for your pastors, can I just tell you, please do. <laughs> we need prayers. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Woo, faith is a choice. I said faith is a choice. God said it. That settles it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you know that Jesus always pleased the Father? Always. Jesus always pleased the Father. He said so in John 8, 29. I always please the Father. The word always means always. All the time. He was pleasing the Father, which means what? He was always living by faith. Because if you're pleasing the Father, that means you're operating and living by faith because it's impossible to please Him without faith. Do you hear that? So if my Lord and Savior was always living a life of faith and trust in Almighty God and got the results that He got when He walked the earth, then glory to God as someone called to imitate Him, then that's exactly the way I'm going to live my life. Are you listening? My heart... For you, for this church, is to see it explode. I have been, the Lord has really been leading me, you know, that scripture, that scripture, my favorite set of scriptures in the Bible. John 14, verse 12. As you can tell, these are not scriptures that are in there. Sorry. I'm not sorry. Forgive me, Lord. My favorite set of scriptures, most assuredly, Again, Jesus is speaking here, and he begins by saying, most assuredly. In other words, he's saying, I'm telling you the truth. I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. And so what the Lord has had me doing lately is just open it up and personalize it. Most assuredly, I say to you, Daniel, because you believe in me, the works that I did when I was on the earth, you will do also. Greater works than these you will do because I go to the Father. And whatever you ask me, Daniel, in my name, that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything, Daniel, in my name, I will do it. I will do it. And I've been saying, Lord, may you be glorified this day. Because I'm expecting to see these things happening in my life. I'm expecting to do the works of Jesus. I'm expecting when I speak his name, Jesus is going to do it. Are you listening? 
I'm just going over this. I'm meditating in it. Before I, last night I looked at it. This morning I was looking at it, going over it, speaking it out of my mouth. It's time to start seeing the manifestation of what I've been saying out of my mouth for years. I am convinced God is looking for me to step out in faith and say, okay, it's time right now for miracles, signs, and wonders. As the word of God is preached, the Bible says in Acts, in fact, go to the last book of Acts. Hallelujah. I'm just telling you where I'm at right now, and I hope you see that this pastor of yours is stirred up. He led me to start teaching on faith. Glory to God, and I'm going to start living this life of faith. And I'm, I'm listen, understand, I, Dad Hagen used to say this, and I, I, sometimes it would take me aback. But the Lord knows I'm in faith. And if I don't get the results, when I get to heaven, I'm going to go up to him and say, you know I was in faith. Why didn't it happen? It almost sounds arrogant, doesn't it? But it's not. That's confidence that my God is faithful. And he will do exactly what he said he would do in his word. How many know that's true? That's who he is. It's how I please him. It's how I make him smile. It doesn't offend him. It doesn't make him angry at me. Come on. Hallelujah. It says here, oh, where did I say to go? Is this it? That's the last chapter, right? Okay, Lord, where, where, where is that? Oh, I know where it is, the end of Mark. Mark, why didn't you know that? It's your book. Verse 20 of Mark 16. And they went out, and Daniel went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with him, and confirming, that means to establish, corroborate, guarantee the, the word that's being preached through the accompanying signs and wonders. So is it wrong for me to stand up here before you today, preaching the word of God and expecting signs and wonders to accompany the preaching of the word? Isn't that just taking God at his word? So what is that called? Let it be unto you according to your your faith. God will do the same thing with every one of you in this room. Let it be to you according to your faith. All things are possible to him who believes. Your faith has made you well. Just saying. How much time I got? <laughs> Hallelujah. Go with me back to Mark 16. You might already be there. In fact, we were just there, weren't we? <laughs> Verse 15. Verse 15. God takes great pleasure, friends. I can't emphasize that enough. Great pleasure when we step out in faith. Take him at his word. Great pleasure. It's one of those times where you like to see in the spirit realm and just see the face of Jesus. That's why I like about that scene from, from The Chosen. Again, I'm not putting my stamp of approval on everything that's in there. 
but a lot of it's very good. Are you hearing me? All right, verse 15 says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. So based off of these scriptures, what's needed for someone to be saved? Faith. They must believe. Now, I think I can say with complete confidence that the vast majority of Christians believe this to be true. And it is the will of God for all come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Do all of you believe that? But just because that's true doesn't mean someone will automatically be saved, right? In other words, even though it's God's will for them to be saved, they can't just sit back and wait on God to save them. Are you listening? Because as far as God is concerned, he's already done everything he's going to do to save them, save them through the redemptive work of his son, Jesus. So in order for them to someone to get saved, they need to hear the gospel message. Then they have to choose to believe it. And finally, they must act on their faith by confessing Jesus as Lord. In other words, a person gets born again according to their faith. Is that true? Now, I realize most Christians don't have an issue with this, believing that, that where salvation is concerned. But when it comes to other things, such as healing, getting your needs met, they have a tendency to believe just the opposite. It has nothing to do with your faith. Instead, it's totally up to God. But why would it be according to your faith in getting born again, but not in getting all the other things Jesus made available for us at the very same time that he purchased our salvation? Are you listening? I mean, are not healing and deliverance and freedom and peace and joy and victory and overcoming and living prosper prosperously all included in our salvation package? then why is it according to your faith in getting born again, but not in receiving all these other things? Why wouldn't we receive them the very same way? Well, I've got good news for you. We do receive all the benefits of our salvation the exact same way as we got born again, by our faith, with our faith. As I've stated in this study, what grace has provided must be received through faith. We must possess with our faith what grace has provided. We receive from God according to our faith. Listen, we need to be just as sure that God wants us healed and blessed and delivered just as much as he wants us born again. It's all a part of the same salvation package. I mean, doesn't the Bible tell us in Psalm 103, I'm almost finished. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all. Everybody say all. all. Notice it doesn't say one thing. Forget not his one benefit. It says, forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities? Who heals all your diseases? Notice that right here in this Psalm, forgiving all your iniquities, healing all your diseases, go together. Do you see that? 
Mm-mm-mm. My, my, my. I believe it's time for us to get back to believing all of this verse. Forgetting not all of his benefits. I don't know about you, but I'm not just a take advantage of one benefit Christian. I'm a take advantage of all benefits Christian. And all those other benefits, besides him forgiving me of my iniquities, of my sins, are available to us because of the very same reason. Because of the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. And they all are received the exact same way. Through our faith. By faith. Hallelujah. The same way we got born again is the same way we receive healing, deliverance, prosperity, divine provision, divine protection, and so forth. By our faith. Are you listening? According to your faith, let it be to you. All things are possible to those who believe. Your faith has made you well. You could change it to say this. Your faith has made you blessed beyond measure. Your faith has divinely protected you. Are you listening? Your faith has made you successful, victorious. Your faith. Glory to God. So our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ did everything he did by faith because the Bible says he always pleased the Father. We're called to follow his lead. He's my Lord, my Savior, my King. I'm to imitate him. I'm to do things the way he did things. That means I'm called to live by faith. Faith is a choice we make. We hear from God. Ooh, that doesn't compute up here. Doesn't make any sense up here in my head. I, I, oh my gosh, how in the world? This does not matter. This is what matters. Faith is of the heart. But listen, if you get to the place, you can say it just like this. Lord, I see it in your words, so I choose to believe it, but help my unbelief. What you're basically saying is, help me to understand it up here. And there are going to be many times where God will show you, reveal things to you. But there will be other times where God says, yes, I have to trust me. You just have to trust me. I uh, was killed. I was killed. I'm not killed. I'm alive. When my uh, mother was killed, I remember that I had, I mean, I've shared this with many of you, probably most of you. I was at that crossroad because uh, I couldn't understand how could the one who prayed me into the kingdom of God that was the most incredible Christian I had ever met up to that time, probably still is one of the most incredible Christians I ever met. How could she be killed in a car accident? How could that happen? But I had a choice to make right there and then. Even though I didn't understand it, I chose to take God at his word, lean into his arm. And allow him to begin to minister his love and compassion and, and comfort and mercy and peace to my heart, to my life. Are you listening? I had a choice to make. I chose him. Are you listening? There will be things that happen in this life that don't make any sense to you. You have a choice to make now. What are you going to choose to believe? If you would do... Just make it simple. I know I say this statement all the time, but it's not just for me. It's for you. If God said it, that settles it. I said, if God said it, that settles it. One of the things God spoke to my wife when we came over here is do not be in awe, A-W-E, of 
money. Don't let what you see in the natural where money is concerned get you freaked out. That is easier said than done, especially if you're the person who pays the bills. If you see the, the pocketbook, so to speak, the checkbook, the savings account, you know how much is coming in, you know how much is going out. That's where, again, I have to say, God, this is what you said to me. You spoke to my heart to come here and start this church. And we've been going for up to 16 years now. Not yet, not quite yet, soon enough. 16 years we've been going, this church. And we have had a place to meet all those 16 years. Went from my house <laughs> to King Tool. And then from there to the place over in our River Rock subdivision to here. But not once have we owned the place. Not once. And I believe that I, as you, of course, a lot of you weren't even around at that time. But I looked at it that, at, back then, and I saw what it was, and I saw what they were asking for it, and I knew the building, because we had been in that building a lot, many years, all the things that, you know, problems that it had and so forth. I chose not to believe that was the place. Even though the Spirit of God came on me in a service, and I think it was 2018, 2017, 2018, 2017, and during a service that God interrupted, God interrupted the service, and he said, I want you to lay claim to this building right now. And we did. We, we marched around that place. I was excited. And when it didn't manifest, when somebody else came along and purchased it, I have to admit it was like a gut punch to me and to many others in the church. But you know what? I know this much. My God is not in the business of holding a carrot out and then moving it away the moment you reach out for it. You know how I'm saying that? He's not in the teasing business. We have had the opportunity now where this building is concerned. The cold smoke building. And I, we've had contact with those people. We've gone and looked at the building. We've talked with them. I've talked to other pastors about it, talked about, you know, the financial side of things and so forth and so on. The amount of money that they're asking is so beyond me and this church right now where we're currently at. Hear me now that I know, that I know, that I know, that I know that if God said that's our building, that's our building. It does not matter how much money it's going to cost. Doesn't matter where the money's gonna come from. Doesn't matter how many people are in this church. Doesn't matter any of that stuff. The only thing that matters is what did God say? Right. See, my faith is based upon what did God say. And if I believe that God has led us to this place, does this is this place perfect? It's not perfect. We never said we're gonna have a perfect place when we go into it, did we? We've always said it's going to have great parking, which I believe it does. It could be more parking, but it's great parking. It looks good. Great location, great location right off of Huffine. And, 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 and it has the ability to continue the vision God has given us to have a coffee shop at the same time as a church. Amen. Amen. And so my point is, I'm going to take God at his word no matter what in this area. I just, when I talk to those pastors, and they're sitting there starting to throw me out stuff. 
and things about what you got to do, go to the banks and go do this and go do that and talk to these people and so forth and so on, present to them your financial records and, you know, what, what was it, financial? Portfolio. I say portfolio. I don't use that, that language in my life. Portfolio. And it, but when I'm talking to, this is what's happening in my mind. Wow, this isn't it. There's no way. That's, it's impossible. Give up on this. It's not going to happen. Do you think that was my God speaking? Or do you think that was the enemy? If my God has spoken to our hearts and said that's our place, I don't have to figure out where it's, the money's coming from. I don't have to figure out anything except for what did God say to your heart? He brought us here for such a time as this. He has always said he has a building for us. Glory to God. We've been confessing these things out of our mouths. Yes, it's going to be fully paid for, fully renovated. It needs some renovation. It's going to have great parking, which I believe it does, and great location. And I'm telling you right now, it's all of those things. Again, is it perfect? No, but we can make it perfect because God's grace is sufficient for us. He'll give us everything we need to see it come to pass. Are you listening? See, right now, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, why am I sharing this right now with the amount of people in this room right now? Because, see, I want you to know, I don't care who, how many people are in here. I'm going to keep stomping on the devil's head because this big boy isn't backing off of what I believe. My God has always been faithful to me, to my family, to our church family. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. Right. As we were driving up to Highlight yesterday, last week, I was still deciding, am I going to go to this drastic or am I not? Right. Because I was baptized as a kid. Right. You know, religion tells me that I've already been saved. But I decided to do it. So I go down, I change my clothes, and as I start walking up, I'm stricken in the middle of my chest. Mm. Just feel that pain that I've had. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. That's good. That's good. Hear, how you, hear what he just said? Committing to his faith and not religion. Glory to God. I tell you what, I'm so excited. I, I, I know hmm, God's got good things for you too. Thank you for being a part of this church and your family. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I, I whoo, just keep praying for us, will you, please? And uh, know this, we pray for you. I am, um, can you tell that sometimes you got to encourage yourself in the faith? <laughs> can you know the importance of doing something like that? That's where you need your faith, buddy, not your complaining, buddy. <laughs> it, it, if it's you, that is not meant as condemnation. This is freedom for you. If what comes out of your mouth sides in with what is of the enemy, I am feeling sick. I'm, I'm sick. I'm, it, that's all that's coming out of your mouth. 
instead of by his stripes I am healed. Christ is redeeming from the curse of the law, including every sickness and disease. He bore my sicknesses and took away my diseases. See what I'm saying? You, it, it, it's up to us to stay in faith and not yield to how we feel. He could have yielded to his f- chest. So he could have gone and said, I can't do this. Uh, but you know, he went ahead and did it, and he still dunked me in that water out there. <laughs> Hallelujah. I made it fun for everybody, didn't I? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yep. Glory to God. Well, again, we love you much. We're thankful for all of you. And, um, you know, I love all you who are watching or who will be watching this week. Um, God has good things. I would say this to you, every one of you. Be sensitive to the Spirit and what the Spirit's leading you to do. God never sets us up for failure. God positions us to be blessed. And he wants us blessed so we can be a bigger blessing. That's his heart. That's who he is. So always be sensitive. God says something to you, or you know, well, I want you to do this. And you're going, I can't do this, Lord. Do you not see this over here? I've heard of more ministers who went out and stepped out and did what they were being led to do and saw incredible results because of their, their act of faith based upon what God has spoken to their hearts. He, I've shared with you what he did with us. We gave all, basically everything we had in our savings account at 12 minutes to Canaan land. And, it, I mean, when, it, when I got it, I looked at her, and I told her the amount. She said, that's the exact same amount. How many know that God is not, when he, God, listen, when God speaks something to your wife, wife and speaks the same thing to you, that's where that prayer of agreement comes into play. You're not supposed to talk one another out of it. You're supposed to encourage each other in the faith. And the end result is God will bless you greatly. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I went a little long. Did you guys get something out of this? Do you really believe, according to your faith, let it be to you? Do you really believe all things are possible to those who believe? Do you really believe your faith has made you well or whatever you want to fill in that blank with? Do you really believe that? Then don't you think you need to be in, your, in the Bible? And aren't you thankful you go to a church that preaches the word? Amen. Glory to God. Well, let's pray. Father, I thank you right now. We do trust you. Our hearts are yours. We belong to you. We believe you're working. You're working in all of our hearts, in all of our lives, shaping and molding us into the image of Jesus Christ, your son. Hallelujah. I believe the good work you've begun in us all. You will complete and perfect right up to the day of the Lord. Hallelujah. And Father God, we are determined to rise up to be the men and women of faith you've called us to be, to live a life that is pleasing unto you, that brings you glory and honor. That's my heart's cry, Father, for all you've done for me, for never leaving me nor forsaking me, for never giving up on me, for never giving up on me, for never giving up on me, for loving me the way you do. I thank you, Father. My prayer is that I love others the way you love me. That I demonstrate mercy to others the way you've poured your mercy out upon my life. To bless others as you have blessed me. I love you so much, dear God. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. We're on a journey. And we thank you, Father God, already 
However it happens, we don't care. We just know that it is. And we give you praise and glory for it already. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, bless you guys. Please help with the breakdown. God is good.